Zara, I am so excited to talk about today's sponsor. It's the new film, Challenges. It's from the director of Call Me By Your Name, Luca Guadagnino, and stars and is produced by none other than our girl Zendaya. Yeah, you know I love her. You love her too. I love her so much. Zendaya plays Tashi Duncan, a former tennis prodigy turned coach who is married to a Grand Slam champion, currently on a losing streak. And if that's not bad enough, Tashi's strategy to help her husband break his curse sort of takes a surprising and awkward turn. Hmm, awkward indeed. Because now he must face off against his former best friend and Tashi's ex-boyfriend, Patrick. Zara, the tensions are running high. I know. Tashi's someone who makes no apologies for her game on and off the court. It's her game, her rules, but with her past and present colliding, Tashi must face reality and ask herself, what will it cost to win? Challenges is the sexy drama that everyone's talking about and it's definitely not one you want to miss. It's about passion, friendship and what happens when your past comes back to challenge you. You can grab a ticket from Tuesday the 26th. So grab your friends and get excited. I will be grabbing you and we are definitely going to be going to watch it. Oh, please. Thank you so much to Challenges for making this episode of Shameless possible. They were two of the biggest names in podcasting. Together, Sophia Franklin and Alex Cooper built a brand known around the world. But as fame, money and attention came their way, the friendship that started it all completely crumbled. Welcome to Scandal from Shameless Podcast, the stories of the biggest celebrity controversies revisited. Hello, Zara McDonald. Hello, hello. We are back for part two of two. Let's have a chat about what we covered in the last episode. Yeah, well, we spoke about how Alex Cooper and Sophia Franklin met through a mutual friend. At that point, Alex was unemployed. Sophia was working in finance. My, like, favourite part of this story is the fact that on the day they met, they signed a lease on an apartment together. Soon after, they launched Call Her Daddy. They had had this moment in a bar at South by Southwest where they were just talking about sex and relationships and the whole room was paying attention to them. So they realised they were onto something. Yeah, absolutely. They knew they had like natural charisma and also could push the envelope in a way that perhaps people weren't pushing it as much in podcasting at the time. Now, the work from the very beginning wasn't even. Alex edited the episodes, she ran the social media accounts, she did the marketing. Sophia herself says this is true, but she did the storytelling elements of the show, like writing the jokes. Now, soon after the launch, Dave Portnoy from Barstool realised they were also onto something incredible. He brought the Call Her Daddy brand under the Barstool umbrella, and this included hiring Alex and Sophia as full-time employees and paying them a $75,000 a year salary plus bonuses for performance that eventually, well, actually didn't take very long, sort of outweighed what they were earning. Yeah, completely swamped what they were earning. We know that in the very early days of Call Her Daddy, when only about 13 episodes episodes had been released. Something happened. Something went down at the 2018 Barstool Christmas party. We know that on some level it impacted their friendship, but true cracks didn't begin to show until early 2020 when Sophia and Alex started posting episodes under a sort of code, like a secret language with their listeners. Yeah, it very much looked like they were trying to get some help with something. They were trying to tell their listeners something and it was that not all was well behind the scenes. And it turns out Sophia and Alex wanted to renegotiate their barstool contract, but the negotiations weren't really smooth at all. They both wanted very different things from it. So from there, things became very public and very messy because Dave Portnoy got on their podcast and spilled his side of everything. We're picking up there. It is May 2020. We are about to hear from Sophia and Alex. All right, Zara. So before we get into the next part of the story, we have to touch upon the audience's reaction 
to Dave Portnoy's Daddy Speaks episode, which was obviously explosive. Many listeners felt let down by Alex and Sophia, and this was for like a couple of different reasons. Yeah, one of these reasons was that on Call Her Daddy, Alex and Sophia would, you know, allegedly cry poor, when in reality they were making pretty good money. As per The Telegraph, thousands of fans have begged for a reconciliation, others feel deeply betrayed. They'd frequently talk in the podcast about being broke girls in their 20s, which is relatable, wrote Addison Rose, a college student. Then it came out how much they were making. Another person tweeted, $500,000 a year to talk about sex once a week and that's not good enough for you. Imagine having it that easy, feel betrayed as a fan, to be honest. I remember vividly this kind of commentary at the time about the fact that, oh my God, I can't believe these girls are making so much money. I can't believe that they would even want more money. And it's so strange to me because I have no doubt that they might have at some points amped up the crying poor parts of their show Mm. um, in a way that maybe wasn't reflecting the true reality. But I also don't doubt that those kinds of conversations started when they were starting this venture and doing it themselves. Yeah. And also it's not like they had no foot in reality. Yeah. I, I can understand how listeners would feel a little bit robbed though that if their favourite show isn't being released anymore and the discussion is about money, I can understand that when you're not in the industry or when you don't know the details of how much Call Her Daddy was making for Barstool Sports, 500k a year sounds massive. But when you consider the millions of dollars the company was raking in, I don't know, I feel like listeners were missing a big piece of the puzzle. I'm not surprised that they were a little bit irked or like a little bit miffed by this, but... I think it's relatable at the same time. Yeah, and I also think it comes down to the fact that, as you say, there was probably a knowledge gap between, you know, what Barstool was bringing in. But it's also more actually a story about young women potentially being taken advantage of by big businessmen when they're putting their entire personal lives on the line. Now, the next person we heard from in this timeline is Sophia, who posted the following on her Instagram stories on May 19, 2020. She opened by saying this, okay, there's been a lot of crazy shit being thrown around and some of it is true, some of it is false. I'm going to be 100% open and honest with you guys. Alex and I created Call Her Daddy together in March of 2018. We created it, the two of us. And at that time, we were best friends, roommates, arguably like sisters, daddy gang. You know, you've been here from the beginning. Then we took the show to Barstool. Did Barstool Sports help blow up Call Her Daddy? 100%. After some time had passed, Alex and I both then decided we wanted to consider some other options for multiple reasons. One of them being for the benefit of the daddy gang, believe it or not. Yeah. And then she shared this. We're going to play you the snippet from Sophia Franklin's Instagram stories because she really went there. Do we regret the way we went about it? Absolutely. We could have handled it differently, but we still wanted to work something out with Barstool, hence the meeting with Dave. And after the meeting with Dave, that's when negotiations started to get a deal done. This is where the story gets extremely fucked up. I found out that Alex had gone behind my back and I found out it wasn't the first time. And that's why we're here. I trusted Alex. I feel betrayed. But ultimately, she was my best friend. And that doesn't change overnight. And I'm willing to do call her daddy. I really am. I just can't do it while she's demanding that she controls the show. I don't want to be like her employee. We are partners. We've always been that way. We've always been 50-50. It's putting me in like a an extremely tough position. Wow. Okay. So she hasn't held back, right? I trusted Alex. I feel betrayed. And ultimately she was my best friend and that doesn't change overnight. But she's saying that Alex essentially stabbed her in the back. Yeah, absolutely. To make matters worse at this point as well, Dave, of course, had something to say about Sophia's Instagram stories. So he posted his thoughts on the call her daddy Instagram. I've got to say, this is just the consistent thread here that I find almost like creepy Mm. how the boss will infiltrate their own channels to share his message like it feels so deeply controlling 
to me. But anyway, I'm going to get to what he actually said. He said, Sophia has finally responded to all this madness. She said a whole lot of fucking nothing. Literally nothing. She didn't even mention Suitman. It felt like to me she was just getting ready for a lawsuit. And to be honest, that's the vibe I've had from her lawyers and probably Suitman for the last two weeks. I get it. I'd probably be mad too if I was Sophia and Alex. I mean, they were a team. They were both getting ready to stab me right in the fucking face. And then I do that awesome deal on my roof deck and Alex comes to her senses and is like, like, we can bail on this. It's such a fucking good deal. They're giving us everything we could dream of. Sophia won't do it because Superman was definitely involved in my mind. I don't have fucking proof, but I know it. He's like a cowboy. It actually, as I was reading that out, reminds me very slightly, and I want to be careful with this wording, but just the way that he's talking, the intonations, the repetitions, the messaging that he's trying to get out, very Donald Trump-like, ah. where you're constantly tr- pushing the same narrative and, like, forcing it down people's throat and using the same language to do it. Yeah, he went on, I feel bad for Sophia in a way because I have such a big fucking heart, but you did this all by yourself. You can't cry about getting stabbed in the back when you were stabbing us in the back. Dave then also launched an attack on Suitman in the form of merch available on the Barstool website. As per the New York Post at the time, Barstool is selling a hoodie for $48 and a cropped hoodie for $55, both black and featuring the Barstool logo on the right sleeve. The store is also selling a t-shirt, a cropped tee and a cropped tank for $28 each. The merchandise all features the text Cancel Suitman in a simple white font on black clothing. Yeah, like he really wanted to capitalise on this drama. Now, the last person still yet to speak at this time was, of course, Alex Cooper. Four days after Sophia's Instagram stories, she uploaded a YouTube video both to her own YouTube channel and to the Call Her Daddy YouTube channel. And that was called The Truth About Call Her Daddy. Yeah, this was a long one. We're going to cover the most important moments. We can't cover the entire video because it literally went for half an hour and we'd be here for more than half an episode. And it was like very, he said this, this is true, this is true. Yeah, it was very in the weeds of it all. So Alex opened her video by sharing that she'd been watching the public conversation unfold amongst fans and the media and was aware of what people were saying about the situation. She said, and now I'm coming on here today to tell you the full story, to tell my story. And this is a story that takes place over the course of two years. Yeah. She outlined the timeline of how Call Her Daddy got started, how she and Sophia began working together. She also turned her attention to that Christmas party event in 2018 that we have spoken to you guys a little bit about. Alex said, and I quote, after the events of the 2018 Christmas party where there's been whispers that Sophia became quite intoxicated, but we don't know that for sure, Zara, there was some kind of altercation between the two women. Now, apparently after that Christmas event, Dave and Erica Nardini reached out to Alex Cooper privately and offered her a raise because she was doing all the editing for Call Her Daddy. And Alex took that raise without telling Sophia. I'm curious as to where the Christmas party element comes in with the raise element that Sophia behaved so poorly at a Christmas party that the bosses went, hey, let's offer her co-star a raise and not her punishment like what's going and then they're bringing in the editing it's just confusing I would argue knowing what we know about Dave Portnoy I mean we know a bit less about Erica Nardini the CEO that it would be that immature Mm. that there would be a business run on or can we actually drive a wedge between these two in some way because one of them might have pissed us off at a Christmas party so we'll offer the other one money I have no doubt that could have actually been the motivating factor Alex Cooper then shared her conflicting feelings about this raise I mean not conflicted enough (laughs) because she (laughs) took it which resulted in her getting paid more than Sophia she said this I chose not to share this raise with Sophia And I chose to do that because Sophia made me feel uncomfortable that I did more work. And to kind of help you guys understand that, I would just be editing late night the show and I would take a Snapchat, post it, be like daddying episode coming soon. And Sophia came to me and was like, you know, I don't feel comfortable and it makes me upset that you are posting those things because it makes um you look like you do more work than me and it doesn't look good on me 
um, we would go into meetings and people would be like, hey, like who edits the show? It's great. And Sophia would say, we do. How do we feel about that? I hate this part of the story. Yeah. And I think I'm allowed to because we do this job together. And I couldn't fathom a world where you're not in it as a team. But I think this says everything from the start. The fact that they hadn't worked out how to split the workload in a way that they both felt like they were both carrying their fair share. The fact that Alex even wanted to take this raise in the first place said to me that this relationship, this business relationship was always destined to capitulate. A thousand percent. Even imagining that you and I would be employees for a company and the bosses would call me in for a meeting and I wouldn't text you about that straight away to be like, what the fuck? Why do they want to meet with me Yeah, and not us? Or the fact that Alex and Sophia were doing such disparate work, like they were doing such different amounts of work every week and had never seemed to have a proper conversation about that blows my mind. Like the fact both things happen blows my mind. The only time it feels like they ever had a conversation about that was in like a fight rather than sitting down being like, this is genuinely how I feel. Can we somehow quantify what we're both doing so I feel better about it? Like in a reasonable sort of level-headed way. Now, Alex then explained that the specific way she edited Call Her Daddy took a lot of effort and time as it was recorded and edited like a vlog. She said the process was like a three-hour recording session, which would then take her about seven hours to edit into a one-hour episode of Call Her Daddy. She said, essentially, I have a second job. It's a multi-day process usually. Those hours add up to me. Totally. They completely add up. And I guess given the style of Call Her Daddy being recorded in that vlog style, absolutely that makes sense to me. Yeah. So it's at this point that Alex said that, yes, she and Sophia were making more from bonuses than their base yearly salary. So it became very clear to them that a renegotiation was absolutely essential. Yeah. And so this is the point where Suitman makes his appearance once again, once Alex and Sophia have decided after one year with Barstool, it's time to renegotiate. Alex actually refers to him by name, Peter, but I don't think we can swap halfway through this series and just start (laughs) calling him Peter. I think we need to keep calling him Suitman. She said, Sophia and I essentially allowed Suitman to take the reins and he was telling us all about industry standard. He said, you guys are making well below industry standard. And we were like, what the fuck is industry standard? I still don't understand. Like, what's the number? What is industry standard? For a while, we didn't get an answer, but all we knew is that we were making significantly less than industry standard. (laughs) I want to pause on that for a second because there's a couple of things here. I mean, I appreciate Suitman has a point in that these girls were making less than they should have been making. It's interesting to me that he used the terminology of industry standard because there was no industry standard really at this point. Podcasting was pretty fresh. They were like pioneering the industry. Yeah. These rules hadn't been written yet, but it sort of sounds familiar to me to have a guy come into your orbit, Mm. a business guy who tries to tell you how to run your business and just throws jargon at you. It's happened to us multiple times. Who just will not speak to you plainly. You'll be like, what is the dollar amount that we deserve? And they'll be like, well, it's industry standard. It's like, what are we talking about? Yeah, we've had that heaps though in our career. So I can understand in some ways what that experience is like, especially when it's an older guy coming in. I don't know. She then explained that Suitman put together a term sheet for Alex and Sophia to renegotiate their deal with Barstool. Now, she also clarified that Suitman wasn't the only person telling them that they were being exploited by Barstool Sports. She said, I remember some friends I had in the NHL told me that they were out partying with the guys that have a hockey podcast at Barstool. There were a lot of comments thrown around about how our contract is so pathetic and like, oh my God, those girls are getting fucked. It's so embarrassing. Oh, Alex then explained that because of these whispers and these rumours and, of course, with Suitman in the picture telling them that they were getting fucked, there was a real urgency from herself and Sophia that change needed to happen. She said they felt they needed to fix the payment situation immediately, obviously because they wanted more cash, but also because they were starting to feel humiliated that they were the talk of the town based on how bad their deal was. Well, it feels embarrassing. It's so embarrassing. Are you kidding? If people going around saying the shameless girls are getting fucked, I would be like, how, why, and how do we fix it? And and how did I let this happen? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. She then confirmed that the lawyer that she and Sophia used in the contract renegotiation was recommended to them by Suitman. Alex confirmed that the original contract terms that she and Sophia had sent over, the one written by Suitman and sent over by his recommended lawyer, were quote-unquote 
crazy. The term sheet, as we heard from Dave, was one of the craziest term sheets. It had all these outrageous asks, the $1 million. We wanted to be independent contractors, like it goes on and on. She went on, so we sent it to Barstool and in a very roundabout way, Dave Portnoy essentially told us to go fuck ourselves in every single hole possible and we were like, all right, fuck. It was awful. Yikes. When we were doing the research on this, I was I was really surprised about this anecdote because this very much feels like negotiating to me. You write together a dream wish list of everything that you want to need and someone can turn around and say, ha, that's ridiculous, we're not giving you that. But the common thread on all of this is you've got Dave Portnoy on the other side of it laughing at you and telling you to go fuck yourself, quote unquote, in every hole. It's not normal, professional, mature negotiations. This feels very standard to me to write a wish list of everything you want. We've been in meeting rooms before where a number has been thrown out and I have wanted to die based on the fact that you know that you know they're going to say no. You never put the first offer in front of them and the person goes, yep, amazing. If they are saying, yep, amazing, you should have been asking. For far more. For 100% more things. Exactly. According to Alex, this term sheet pissed Dave off so much that it sent the relationship really sour. She said all negotiations stopped. She claimed that this was four to five months into their second year at Barstool and that they were still doing the podcast, but at this point, not communicating with Barstool at all. Alex said this was when Suitman started shopping Call Her Daddy around the industry. He was like, girls, I'm going to put feelers out. I'm going to talk to all my friends in the industry. I'm going to get you the deal that you deserve. At the time, it sounded like our only option because Barstool was not willing to negotiate with us. Also makes sense to me. You're not talking to your employer and negotiations have stopped. You've got to get out. Yeah, I'm not surprised that they were shopping the show around to other networks. And apparently other networks were super interested. There was also this clip in Alex's video that we found super interesting when it comes to that rooftop meeting. Then the rooftop meeting comes. We had offers in the industry and we were like, all right, let's go have one more conversation with Dave Portnoy. Sophia and I had different opinions on what this meeting meant. After the fact, Sophia made it clear that she was more so going in as just like a courtesy meeting. I was kind of going in praying to fucking God that Dave would be in a really good mood and be like, I actually will give you the IP. So after saying that, she went on, Dave then offered us what I see as the world. He's like $500,000. I'm guessing that's 500 grand each. Yeah, salary. 500 grand salary. IP is yours. We get alcohol. We will raise the merch a little bit, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm trying not to poop my pants right on site. The minute we left that rooftop meeting is when the issue started with Sophia and I. We get outside and I'm like, holy fuck, dude, this is amazing. And I can tell Sophia is not matching my level of excitement at all. And she's like, I personally don't think that that meeting changed anything. I still feel the same as when we went in. And I was like, oh, okay. I think that would feel shit. And oh my God, walk, yeah. like walking out of a really pivotal meeting and realizing that both of you took completely different things from it. And I can imagine how immediately you get frustrated by that because it's like, did you hear what I hear? Do you understand what I understand? I can imagine wanting to get patronizing about it as well. I can see, like I can sense the restlessness. There's like a panic here to be like, we need to keep the show going. We need to be focused on growing the audience, on putting out good content. And instead we're in this space where we cannot agree on money like it would just be so frustrating to be Alex and Sophia in this scenario you can see the car crash because you're in it like you can actually see it's waiting to happen now this was how call her daddy and Dave Portnoy entered that quote-unquote ghost period of zero communication which Alex and Sophia copped a lot of flack for on social media on that Alex explained this is exactly what I think is missing on the internet everything I'm reading Why the fuck did you guys not get back to him after the rooftop? He literally offered you the deal of a lifetime. The ghost period is truly what I believe is the biggest piece of missing information. We're going to talk about that after the break. Okay, so Alex claims that every time one of Sophia's demands were met, she would move the goalposts. She said it was like whack-a-mole. It got exhausting trying to appease all of Sophia's points and it got to the point where it felt like it was sabotage. It started to get really bad. 
By the way, as well, in her defence several years later, Sophia Franklin would respond to this claim by saying that's called negotiating, period. It's just an interesting perspective from each of them. Alex is seeing this as such brutal negotiation to the point of it being sabotage where maybe Sophia Franklin didn't want to go to Barstool at all. Sophia Franklin is calling that negotiation. It's just like... And advocating for yourself, I guess. Yeah, it's complicated. And I don't think any of us will ever know unless we were probably in it from start to finish who was being the reasonable person there and who was having their own back more because sometimes in a negotiation, having your own back is knowing when to accept the deal. Yeah. And sometimes in negotiation, it's having a lens on when you're still being fucked. On your worth. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, it's hard. I don't think I'll ever properly know at this point because we just weren't there for all of it. Alex then said this all came to a head when their lawyer spoke to them about their disagreements. She said, finally, our lawyer was like, you two are so not on the same page. Alex is so clearly ready to go for the deal. And Sophia, you have things you want to adjust in the deal. And I cannot go back to Barstool until you two are on the same page. Alex then explained that she and Sophia had a two-hour phone call where they both attempted to get the other one to see their point of view. According to Alex, this phone call was heated and ended in Alex telling Sophia that for her, leaving Barstool was no longer an option. She said, I was no longer entertaining the idea of leaving. Just quickly, this phone call happened on May 6th. This video was being made at the end of May. Like, this is all public only a couple of weeks after it's all happening so quick here's another clip on this point in the timeline so on that call essentially as you can hear we agreed that we valued the brand in a very different way so at the end of the call we're super heated and Sophia says to me you know if I'm going to take this deal what happens to the IP if one of us wants to leave and gets fired what happens to the IP? And I was like, Sophia, are you telling me that you're negotiating right now in bad faith and you are going to take this deal, try to get fired, leave me to do the heavy lifting for 12 months and sweep around and come back to pick up 50% of the IP when the term is over? Okay, so in case any of that is confusing, the fact that Sophia apparently asked, you know, what happens if one of us leaves, one of us gets fired within this 12-month period. I can understand how Alex has interpreted that as perhaps operating in bad faith or negotiating in bad faith. It's a weird hypothetical to throw out there. Why are you asking that? If this was like a four-year deal and you're like, but I don't know what the next four years of my life are going to look like. Yeah, like what happens if I can't? But for a year or two, it's really strange. Very strange. Alex then heavily implied that Sophia leaked the original Barstool contract to make Barstool look bad. Sophia later denied this. The point of it is someone close to them had to have leaked it because who else had access to it? Alex then claimed Sophia brought in her own individual talent managers to make changes to their joint deal with Barstool without Alex's approval. Here's a clip of that. Not one person on that side of the fence was concerned about getting an episode out. Not one person was focused on like, hey, how are the girls going to like reconnect and make sure that they're good to go for an episode? It was all about money. I think Sophia was a better negotiator in the early days of this fiasco than Alex was. But I don't know how Sophia brought in her own talent managers to this dynamic at this point in the storyline and thought that would be conducive to like a healthy duo dynamic with her co-host. Like how are they ever planning on getting back on a mic when they're disagreeing to this level off mic? Yeah, but this sort of harps back, I think, to my original point of like the foundations were so rocky Mm. in the first place, I think, for me. Now, Alex said that when she saw this document, She realised that she had to call Dave Portnoy and clarify that she wanted to make the deal. She said, after that moment, I continued to negotiate my own deal. I got my own representation. I got my own lawyers that Suitman did not pick for me. We began to negotiate my deal. All I can say about this is that it fucking sucks. I lost a friend. You guys lost a duo you were invested in and it fucking sucks. Yeah, she went on. It was literally the weirdest thing because when I saw that person that I thought I was in business with had a posse of people that significantly, significantly affected her her decision-making, I had to make a decision for myself and my own career. And that's why I'm sitting here alone right now. I didn't have a boyfriend make my decisions and I didn't have an agency make my decisions. I had to make a decision for myself 
Alex ended the video by saying, I'll see you fuckers on Wednesday. A pretty quick turnaround, you know, between this deal being signed and her having to create a show by herself. The same day that this video from Alex dropped, Dave Portnoy took to Instagram to confirm, of course, they'd signed their deal. The response to this YouTube video was glowing. The top comments, which all have thousands of likes, include, Sophia threw her entire career and friendship away for a guy that's going to throw her away. This is what greed looks like regardless of friendship. Another one reads, she can really tell a story, man. She is definitely the talent here. And a final comment is, this is the most well-spoken explanation to any sort of social media drama I've ever seen. What do we think? I think she definitely can tell a story. I think that comment is bang on. I agree. I think she can tell a story. I think she also knows the audience better than Sophia did. I think for Sophia to ever respond to this with an Instagram story showed that maybe Sophia didn't understand her own Audience. That's a good point, 100%. I don't agree that this is what greed looks like. I hate the comment that she's thrown her entire career and friendship away for a guy that's going to throw her away. Like there's so much sexism involved with the criticism level that Sophia Franklin. Yeah, I agree. I mean, look, I think we're all a reflection of the people around us. And if I had a partner who was telling me that the deal was bad, I would be listening to him. I think it's the sexist layer of like Sophia can't think for herself any woman who's with an older man or any woman full stop is going to be turned whatever way her boyfriend wants to turn her. That's the sexist layer. Do I think that you speak about this stuff with your partner and your partner's opinions impact the way you behave? For sure. But there was this added layer of like, Sophia's going to be dumped two seconds after this drama finishes. Yeah, and there's a difference in the conversation between someone saying, is this some old guy that's trying to take advantage of two young, really talented girls compared to she's a fucking idiot. All she does is care about men and love and sex and she's too stupid to know that what he was doing. Like they feel like very different conversations to me. So after all of that, Alex has left holding call her daddy and Sophia has left holding nothing, which just blows my mind. Insane. That's where the most random character enters the story. Scooter Braun, the then celebrity manager of Justin Bieber and Ariana Grande, entered the chat. Apparently, Scooter Braun called Barstool CEO Erica Nardini to ask that Sophia Franklin be given 50% of Call Her Daddy. We know this, of course, because Dave Portnoy told us. Here's how he explained this story on his Instagram. Scooter Braun, you know, like Bieber's guy and the guy who fucked over Taylor Swift, um, called Erica last night on behalf of Suitman. So Suitman, like, asked him to call. He's like... What can we do? We kind of fucked up. Sophia wants 50% of call her daddy back. I don't know like who they think we are. We don't give a fuck who you are, what suit you wear, what company you work for. We do things our way, the fair way, the right way. Oh, Scoot Braun, Scoot Braun called. Oh, and then let's give back 50% to Suitman who fucked up his fucking girlfriend's entire career and relationship and life for the time being. But Scoot Braun called. I just am in so many minds about this. First of all, I'm all for Sophia advocating that she should get 50%. Unfortunately, she dropped the ball at the last hurdle. When it, Oh, that's like a mixed sporting analogy there. Yeah, I got what you meant, though. She was doing well to negotiate. Clearly, they were worth so much more than they were being paid. But to negotiate so hard that she was left with literally zero blows my mind. And in my heart, I think she deserves 50%. But clearly, like, according to this deal, when you're being really pragmatic, she operated in a way that meant she got zero. She was also operating around people who were full of self-interest. Yeah. And I think maybe there might have been some underestimation about how much Dave and Alex were willing to leave her out in the cold. Mm. And I don't know if every negotiation is like that. In fact, I've been part of negotiations and I know that's not that yeah like speaking back to Alex saying that she felt like Sophia was you know negotiating in bad faith I would also argue that Dave Portnoy and Alex Cooper to some degree were also negotiating in bad faith because they don't have anyone's backs I don't give a shit about anyone well they'd already had all these back channels yeah how can you negotiate in good faith when you've secretly been passing money back and forth behind Sophia's back yeah no one here let's be real no one here was interested in many other people other than like 
themselves. Number one. Yeah. yeah, and back to the Scooter Braun, Dave Portnoy thing. I mean, Dave Portnoy just played out every single element of this story publicly, which actually probably worked in his favour, but you look back and it's just so gross. Yeah. I mean, I don't blame Sophia wanting to get one of the most powerful people she's connected to in Scooter Braun to try to advocate for her. She built a brand and was left with none of it. Now, the very next day, the first solo episode of Call Her Daddy went live. It was called The Funeral. Alex thanked fans for their support and explained that this first episode back was going to be dedicated to answering questions from listeners. Yeah, she claimed on the podcast that the back and forth between her and Sophia was, and I quote, fucking awful. Alex said this, Sophia said some things to me that I can't ever imagine saying to a friend, I think, you know. You're best friends with someone and this shit happened so fucking quickly, you don't expect it to go down like this. Like, I just lost my best friend, the whole show is different, so I need to take a minute and go through this with you guys. Alex explained that there were two sides to her, right? The raunchy, outgoing side that she shows on Call Her Daddy and the business side. She said, when I dropped that YouTube video, guys, I had to obviously be the Alex that walks into business meetings. And I've never shown that side of myself on this show, probably because I think as the show got bigger, it wasn't quote unquote on brand. I didn't know if you guys, the listeners, would accept that side of me that includes my education, the way I was raised, my friends outside of my co-host and the family I have. Mm. I mean, sort of a weird take, but yeah. She also talked about the pressure to keep up the outrageous personas that she and Sophia had created when Call Her Daddy launched. She said, we felt like we had to have a sex topic every fucking week. And it's like, what if I like literally didn't have sex that week? Literally, I'm like, blowjob, blowjob. But what if I haven't sucked a dick in two weeks? What do you want from me? Maybe I can finally merge my entire life into this show and not just keep it so sexualized. Super interesting to look back. I mean, the first episode back without Sophia Franklin and Alex Cooper's essentially saying, you might see more businessy sides of me and I'm probably not going to sexualize myself or talk about my sex life anywhere near as much either. She set the tone straight away, which was very smart because she stuck to this. It's kind of unfathomable that this still worked. I mean, I know I'm skipping ahead, but you've basically split up the duo they loved and then you're also turning around on the first episode back being like, cool, so this won't look like anything the show's different that you're used to, but like come along for the ride. And a risk from Barstool and Dave Portnoy as well. She also touched on the Scooter Braun drama. She said, if you guys saw Dave's social media, Scooter Braun reached out to Erica and Dave calling on behalf of Sophia and Suitman. I've tried to be very calm. I've tried to be very appropriate. I've tried to be very respectful. I need to fucking address the fact that men with these big ass names in the industry are trying to come in and finesse their way into call her daddy. First it's Suitman, go fuck yourself. Then Sophia's agents trying to adjust my contract. Go fuck yourself. And now Scooter fucking Braun. Like, fuck off. You're putting yourself in a situation where you're trying to involve yourself in drama that you don't know about. I would love to ask Scooter Braun. I would love to ask Suitman. What do you know about Cooler Daddy? What is the show really about below the surface? What is the daddy gang? They can't because they don't give a fuck about this fucking brand. They want a piece of the pie. They know the thing makes a lot of money. That's it. At this point, my old co-host is trying to have men come in and play penis games over a show they do not know jack fucking shit about. I gotta say, she has such a good point there. She does. Absolutely. And as much as I said before, I agree with Sophia, like get the most powerful person you know to try and advocate for you. I agree with that in the same way that I agree with Alex's point that you just had all these men trying to take a piece of the pie. And it is dick swinging. Of course it is. It is dick swinging. There's no way these men would be invested if they didn't see some dollar signs in their own future. As if they'd be charitable about it if there wasn't. Alex claimed that Sophia never wanted a real 50-50 partnership with her. She said Sophia's 50-50 was about money, not labour. Honestly, I think that's why it was really frustrating for me. I think anyone would be frustrated in that situation. Sophia's asks were all more, more, more. And I was the one doing the work, work, work. <laughs> Sorry, it's like a music lyric. It's like if someone should have been pressing for money, not trying to be an asshole here, but I think it should be fucking me, the one that does more of the work. Oh, another massive question that was floating around amongst Call Her Daddy fans at this time was the fact that Sophia and Alex still lived together despite oh all of this. In the episode, Alex said that was true and that the end of their lease was coming up in July. So it's June by this point. They've got a month left. She said, I'm going to move out and going to move into a new place and I'm going to live alone. I'm not sure what Sophia is doing, but on my end, I'm really excited. 
I cannot believe they lived together through this. It's crazy to me. Alex also made an apology to Barstool and claimed she wanted to engage more with the company from here on out. She said, I would love to talk about sports and just do more shit with people and I think that I want to apologise to everyone at Barstool. I think they felt like we were too good at times. I think they thought we didn't want to be part of it, but at the end of the day, it was because we wanted to focus on the cool Her Daddy brand. Yeah. Alex then also said some pretty serious things about the nature of Suitman and Sophia's relationship which I think was an interesting decision to make. Mm. She said this, What I witnessed from day one was that the relationship was extremely controlling and Sophia had expressed serious concern about it, being in a controlling relationship. And I watched Sophia slowly isolate herself with him. I just think if you're genuinely concerned about that for someone, you don't see that as entertainment for the millions of listeners on your podcast. Let's be real. You're putting it in there because it's a juicy little tidbit. Yeah, not because you're actually concerned. concerned. She clarified, however, that she didn't want any fans or former fans of Call Her Daddy to cyber bully Sophia. She said, Daddy gang, please listen. That is not okay at all ever. I don't support cancel culture. None of us should. We don't need to agree with Sophia and her decisions, but we absolutely don't need to be bullying her. Mm. I believe that Alex believes that too, that we don't need to be bullying Sophia, but it's very hard when this narrative has been so anti-Sophia from both Alex, who did a YouTube video and a podcast episode, and Dave Portnoy, to not assume that that's what's going to happen. Yeah, like well, when you, there's so much airtime about her, this is what's going to happen. That's yeah. how the internet works. Alex also alleged that Suitman was so interested in the Call Her Daddy deal because he wanted a piece of the pie and that she and Sophia had been growing apart as friends pretty much as soon as he came onto the scene. Yeah, she also apologised for using Praying by Kesha as part of their hashtag Free the Fathers campaign and said, and I quote, it was a poor decision to represent frustration that we had completely lost perspective on. She went on to say that her biggest concern about leaving Barstool was the fact that it's near impossible to create a new show from nothing. She said, Sophia kept saying how great it was going to be to start a new show and I had very heated conversations where I needed to get very real with her. I would tell her, Sophia, honestly, I'm really fucking concerned about leaving because you keep acting like this is going to be a walk in the park. It's concerning because you don't know a majority of the work that went in and goes into starting a brand. I think you're being way too idealistic about this and I feel like I'm having to be the realistic one because I lived it. I was essentially alone for the first year building those social media channels while she would be asleep while she was talking to a boyfriend. And for two years, when she said she was going to learn, she always said, oh, I'll take a social media course. I'm going to try to figure it out. She never did. I think, again, that's another really valid point here. But talk to each other Talk to each other. If one of you felt like the other had their head in the clouds about how easy it would be to do this again, and you're the one that's sitting there being like, I fucking poured my heart and soul into building this. And you think it's just this easy to click my fingers and do it again. I get. I wholeheartedly understand how frustrating that is. Again, talk to each other. (laughs) Finally, Alex touched on her friendship with Sophia. Because our friendship was tied to work, obviously it affected our relationship. She was my best friend, but at the end of the day, our friendship was affected by our work relationship because our work relationship was so unhealthy, it flowed into our friendship. Hopefully this can help you, the listeners. You need to be mindful of who you're getting into business with. And if it does not work for you, you need to readjust and you need to reevaluate your situation because it literally, I promise you, it will affect your mental health. So you might be wondering, with all of that in mind, what Sophia had to say about it all. Alex and Dave Portnoy had obviously spoken heaps about Sophia and Suitman, but we didn't hear much from Sophia and Suitman themselves really at all. No, it felt very much like Alex Cooper and Dave Portnoy saturated the space. So there Mm. was no space really for Sophia to say much at all. Now, apart from the quick series of Instagram stories that she published that we've spoken about, she did those before Alex's YouTube video dropped. She was largely silent as this raged on. Now, later on in a piece with Rolling Stone, it was reported at the height of the internet vitriol against Franklin, she left her shared New York City apartment with Cooper to stay with her family in Utah, take a break from the public eye and contemplate what was next for her. Sophia said, when everything went down, I actually was silent. That's what I wanted. But people with opposing views were so vocal on so many different platforms that was so ginormous. And I think even when I came back and kind of spoke my piece, there were pieces missing. I couldn't go there. It was my choice to stay silent, but in a roundabout way, I was a little bit silenced. I've never thought about that. 
but I think it was definitely there. Yeah, interesting. A few months after all of the drama went down, Sophia launched her own podcast called Sophia with an F. So that launched in October 2020. In the first episode of the podcast, she said this, About four months ago, in true 2020 fashion, I lost my best friend, lost my show, and I lost my career virtually overnight. And not only that, but I became the subject of a very public, very aggressive smear campaign where I was publicly attacked, bullied, and humiliated for months to millions of people. I was labeled as greedy, lazy, submissive, all types of shit. Yeah. How do you feel about those quotes? I see what she means. I think she was. She was smeared. It was a smear campaign. Yeah. I think she was. I I mean, part of me wishes she'd spoken out at the time, but then that's so easy for me to sit here and say. I just don't know say, if there was space. I, I don't mean, know if her mental health was in a place yeah, where that was okay either. Completely. Now, while speaking in hypothetical, so she wouldn't, and I quote, get sued, Sophia alleged that Call Her Daddy was making upwards of $10 million a year and that she was taking home about 4%, so about $400,000 of that. She said... There is an industry standard salary, like there is in any fucking industry, and we were making far below that. Everyone knew it. Our employers knew it. Our co-workers knew it. Our agents and lawyers knew it. Seriously, if it makes me greedy that I knew I deserved more than 4% for a show I not only poured my heart and soul into, but exposed every intricate detail about my mental, emotional, and sex life on a weekly basis, then kindly call me the greediest fucking bitch to walk <laughs> planet Earth. This is why these two were so successful at what they did, because even some of their quotes about this stuff, it's so... To the point. Oh, my God. They do not beat around the bush. They're just so succinct and honest. She went on, I know my worth. Ladies, never let a man or anyone bully you into thinking you deserve less. Never let another woman twist a narrative because they were too weak to stand up for themselves. She then directly addressed Alex Cooper in this episode. She said, you were my best friend. You knew what I went through with depression. You knew what I went through with mental health. And you enabled an enormous media conglomerate to completely destroy my life. In fact, you participated in it. You profited from it. I could never have done that to you. Ouch. It's a pretty heavy quote. She then even claimed that she reached out to Alex multiple times during May 2020 before and after Alex's YouTube video went live to try and mend things between them. But she claimed Alex left her on red. She said it was never about money. It was never about the deal points. It was never about the IP. It was about who Alex is as a human being. She wanted the spotlight. She even alleged that this wasn't the first time Alex had tried to get her off the show. She said directly to Alex during this episode, or speaking, I guess, directly to Alex, you know what I'm talking about. Mm. Do we think that's about the Christmas party thing that keeps coming up? There is smatterings of reporting around that it had something to do with this Christmas party because the thing that confuses me about this Christmas party altercation, if our listeners are listening in being like, I don't understand why this thing keeps coming up. It doesn't seem to have had like a pivotal enough role in this narrative. We've got no details That's on it. exactly yeah. the point. It keeps coming up but with like no context. It's all code. Yeah. It feels like a riddle. Yeah. In this episode, Sophia actually read out a text that she had sent to Alex. We're going to read it to you now. Apparently, Sophia sent this to Alex in April 2020. So keep in mind, this is smack bang in the middle of all of this negotiation drama going down. She wrote... You lied relentlessly for 14 months about a side deal that you did behind my back with Barstool to me and others, including our own shared attorney. This is exactly the type of behavior that has cost you your best friends one after the other over the years. You will probably be too defensive to hear this, but I'm going to say it anyway. I add more value through my creativity than all your editing hours combined. My value is more than 50%. (laughs) Fuck. Your skills are menial. Mine are intangible. To say you do more than me is a fucking joke and that you are so insecure about your talent that you want to measure yourself in editing hours and social media posts. I don't care about the money. I care about the lying. And that's where you and I differ. Unfortunately for Sophia, we started out so strong with that message. I think she had so much, like, of course, call Alex out on lying to you about the money. But to say you add more than 50% that your skills are intangible and her skills are menial. Unfortunately for Sophia, that's been proven to not be the case. Look at Call Her Daddy and Alex Cooper now. Yeah, and I think the other thing is like, but this is the same thing we've said all throughout these episodes. When you're trying to have a conversation with someone about something 
and you get really personal, you're never going to have a productive conversation. To so say, snarky. Yeah, it is. To say your skills are menial, mine are intangible. You might think that. Who knows if it's true? I mean, it might have been true back in the day. Uh, we cannot sit here and say that there's not a world where her skill was so amazing that it was arguably worth more. But the point is there was no way to measure it. And the point is the show's done fine. Without her. There's also a lot of ego in saying my skills are intangible. Oh, no. No, I mean, no doubt. No doubt about it. Sophia also alleged that the reason there was never a Call Her Daddy live show was because Alex couldn't perform or be funny without a script and that Alex would, and I quote, fuck over anyone, including her own mother, to get a blue check on Instagram. This really did descend into sort of messy, messy terrain. She then turned her attention to Barstool and said, I will never acknowledge your existence ever again. I am going to let you have the last word. You guys collectively tried to destroy not only my career and my reputation and me as a person, it was designed to ruin the trust that I had built with my listeners over the years so that the show could still succeed without me. It was a very calculated business plan. Nice try. So that was what Sophia said on her new podcast. To check back in with the timeline, that episode dropped in October 2020. It was too late, I think, when it came. I appreciate why she waited so long. I probably would have done the same thing. To speak when it was so messy and so loud would have been incredibly difficult. But the thing about October 20 is people were over this. And also in so many parts of the world, they had opened back up. You know, we weren't actually in lockdown anymore. I know obviously Melbourne slid in and out of their own lockdowns, but October 2020 was when people started looking forward and were distracted by their own lives again. And this story kind of lost the momentum that it had. I agree. By leaving it for so many months, even though I can completely understand the mental health reasons why she would have done it, the taste left in people's mouths was the taste from May. And that's when she was being smeared and it was pro Alex. I listened to it at the time. I remember thinking like it was incredibly intense, like the tone and this episode is really fascinating. But unfortunately for Sophia, it would have had more impact if it came in June, not October. Anyway, less than a year after that episode came out, so June 2021, some absolutely massive news dropped. Here's Variety's headline. Spotify clinches $60 million plus deal with Alex Cooper for Call Her Daddy podcast, yanking it away from Barstool. Yeah, this was as big as podcasting news gets. It was $60 million, well, I reported for $60 million for three years. It was one of the biggest podcast deals of all time. I think the only one we can consider that was bigger than this was Joe Rogan moving to Spotify and he has the biggest podcast in the world. It was the biggest deal brokered with a woman-led podcast to date. It's just insane to me that a year after this all happened, Alex Cooper is brokering one of the biggest deals in podcasting and Sophia is left with nothing. And Sophia was scoffed at for asking for a million. Yeah. And then Alex Pocket 60, which like Call Her Daddy was worth that. But it's just a shame that Sophia was positioned as this greedy woman. When the proof is in the pudding, Call Her Daddy as an empire, as a brand, was worth far, 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 far more than Barstool was ever paying for it. Yeah. And it would have been incredibly bittersweet, mainly bitter for Sophia. (laughs) Where's the sweetness? Yeah. Well, the sweetness would be her being validated for what that show is worth. Yeah. That's the sweetness, but it's probably 1%. $60 million points. Yeah, exactly. So what happened to the duo from Call Her Daddy in the end? Well, as we said, Sophia started her own podcast called Sophia with an F, which is still going strong with weekly episode. It has just over 160,000 followers on Instagram at the time of recording, which is nothing to sniff at at all. It's just nothing compared to what they had. No. Sophia has appeared on several other podcasts to tell her side of the story since. Last year, she actually spoke on a Dear Media podcast and she said, what was I cancelled for? Wanting a raise and not wanting to work for a company that is disgusting? Okay, it's crazy. Sophia has, particularly since the Call Her Daddy scandal, been incredibly private about her relationship with Suitman, real name Peter Nelson, But we do know that they were officially broken up for good as of June last year. In a February 2023 podcast interview, she shared the reason for the breakup was their 11-year age gap 
and the tension that was caused by the massive drama. She said, we became very disconnected because we were just trying to take care of ourselves. It would be very tough on a relationship to have everybody talking about you and there be this much drama around your relationship. Mm. Like, I don't know how many people could stay together through that. Earlier in 2023, she actually did sit down with Rolling Stone for an exclusive interview and touched on many of the issues we covered in these episodes. As per Rolling Stone, the way Sophia Franklin sees it, she was just like every other woman who works for a business that tries to get a raise or get paid what they're worth. Thinking back on the situation, she said she'd be remiss to not consider how different the conversation and the publicity around it would have been if it were two dudes. Similar to sex, Franklin says, she thinks men are empowered to speak openly about money and can say whatever the fuck they want. But for women, talking about money in relation to work is taboo. You think misogyny or sexism or unfair pay won't affect you and speaking up and voicing your opinion won't affect you, but it affects every woman, Sophia told Rolling Stone. It's a really fascinating quote to me. I think there was probably a few more layers than just being a woman who was asking for what she was worth, but I do think that was a huge part of it. I also think misogynistic commentary was just such a massive part of it. I can't help but wonder as I sit here that these two were able to speak so openly about sex on their show, mm. so openly about sex and push that taboo, but the truth is women still can't talk about money very well. No. Because they're called a greedy. A hundred percent. Everyone was so happy to hear the most graphic details of their sex lives. But for them to be rewarded for that, for two women to be rewarded for their sexuality. Yes. Was too far for the public. Like so there was some layer here that people said, oh, talk to us about blowjobs. Talk to us about sex, gluck, gluck, 3000, but whatever you call it. But don't take, don't get money for don't it. Don't earn more than I do. For it, otherwise you're yeah. greedy because all you do is talk about sex. That was the commentary. All you do is talk about sex as if you deserve that much money. It's like, well, are you getting on a microphone talking about your sex life for entertainment? Because you're giving up a whole lot of yourself to do it. A thousand it's percent. fascinating. As for Dave Portnoy, he is still the president of Barstool Sports. For what it's worth, I know this is sort of outside our timeline, but in June 2020, just after the Call Her Daddy drama unfolded, multiple videos surfaced of him saying racist language on camera. In response to the backlash he faced for this, he said, They've been trying to cancel me for two decades. I am uncancelable. I am big. You are little. I cancel you. Go cancel Marbles. In a reference to Jenna Marbles, who he worked with over a decade ago at Barstool Sports. Oh, what a guy. Yeah. And whatever happened to Alex Cooper? Well, as we know, she kept producing and hosting Call Her Daddy with Barstool Sports for the remainder of her 12-month contract that they brokered on that rooftop. And then, of course, she went to Spotify with that three-year deal. I'm guessing that deal ends mid-next year. I'm trying to like do the month yeah. year maths. Yeah. yeah, it'll be ending next year. The Call Her Daddy legacy is an incredibly successful one, but it's just the obvious point to say that it will always have Sophia Franklin's shadow hanging over it in some way as well. When Alex Cooper announced just recently that she's actually launching her own podcast network called Unwell, she was called out by thousands of Sophia's fans all over TikTok. It turns out Sophia Franklin was the one to coin the term unwell as an in-joke with listeners of the podcast way back when they were the Call Her Daddy duo. Yeah. She said to the Money Buys Happiness podcast earlier this year, it's a saying that I made popular. When one of the hosts jumped in to say, I think Alex is still making merch with that today, she replied, uh-huh, I mean, till the day she dies, right? I do think ideas are very precious. And I, I know that's what Sophia was trying to communicate the entire time, being able to come up with, you know, it's not that she created the term unwell, but to, to popularize to, to it, popularize it and, and make it part of your community's lexicon is huge. It's a huge talent yeah. to be able to do that, to be able to build community around stuff like that. So I, I can understand what her perspective was all those years ago. But I also understand Alex Cooper's in yeah. that she was doing the majority of the physical work. So it's very complicated. <sighs> For her part, Alex Cooper said on the Diary of a CEO podcast recently, I had no idea it was going to be the biggest podcast in the world. I had no idea about her wants and what she was truly interested in, what she was passionate about. We were passionate about such different things. I think in business, you have to actually believe that this could become the biggest thing. You have to put your mind there. If you're starting a business, pretend it's about to be Apple. Envision it. And who you're sitting next to, do you want to be there with them? Oh, if only they'd had that chat 
way back when they signed that lease on their apartment even. They I, they just didn't have so many conversations that you need to have if you're going into business together. I think it's one of the best quotes I've heard in a long time about business, that one from Alex Cooper. It's stuck in my mind because it's true. You have to envisage that things blow up and yeah. then turn around to the person next to you and say, is it going to be you? Can we do it together? Yeah. Otherwise, you're going to capitulate in a really public way yeah. or in a really damaging way. But I mean, wow, what a scandal. There is so much here. I kind of thought that doing this would help me find some clarity on who I feel like the true villain is in all of this. I mean, I actually believe the true villain in all of this is Dave Portnoy, if I'm totally honest. Mm. But who was right? Who was wrong? And I just think it's so deeply layered and hard. I wish that at some point in this negotiation process, Alex was able to look at Sophia and say, thank God she's pushed the envelope here because without Sophia pushing the envelope, we wouldn't have this incredible deal in front of us. That was one ingredient missing. And I wish Sophia looked at that last deal on the rooftop and said, if I don't take this, I'm potentially burning my future opportunities like I've pushed it here's the point where I take it it's like that trust in each other I trust you that you've got us to this point and I trust you when you say we want to negotiate further but you also need to trust the other person when they say enough yes and they they didn't they didn't trust each other at all they didn't trust each other for Sophia Franklin to be left holding nothing is just one of the most insane endings tragic when it comes to business it's crazy like it's two people who are not of course in the same scenario that these two women were but try to imagine imagine it it's wild to me that Sophia Franklin never got a piece of the pie crazy guys a big thank you as always to our researcher Eilish Gilligan for putting this one together what a story our audio producer Annabelle Lee thank you very much if you want to support the show come follow us on Instagram at shameless podcast or TikTok at shameless underscore podcast please 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 as a massive favor if you are listening to this show on a podcast app which I imagine you probably are (laughs) where else are you click follow wherever you're listening whether it's Spotify Apple another app it just helps other people find our show and it helps us so much get us up those charts we are so grateful guys we'll be back in your ears on Thursday bye bye Shameless Media. This podcast was recorded on Wurundjeri land. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. Hello guys, Mish here. I am the co-founder of Shameless Media. Thank you so much for giving us your ears and your mind and your time. We're so grateful. If you enjoy the stuff that we produce, may I recommend our brand new podcast, Style-ish Stylish, if you want to say it quickly, style-ish, if you want to take the long way through. It is our podcast for all things fashion, brand, business, and beauty. If that is in your wheelhouse, if you care about style content, you will love this show. It is, of course, more than just a show as well. It is a newsletter. It is an Instagram feed. It is a TikTok account. There is so much good stuff going out on Stylish every single day starting now. So in your favorite app, search for Style-ish. Give it a listen. Give it a follow. We are an independent media company and we would be so, so grateful for all your support. That's all for me, guys. Check out Stylish and have a good one.